0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Digitally Uploaded podcast, recording bright and early for your benefits. I'm Matt Sainsbury, I'm the Editor-in-Chief of DigitallyDownloaded.net and with me this week it's just one other person, it's the other Matt. Hello Matt.
1: Hello Matt.
2: It's the all Matt
1: Matt
2: Matt. cast. Yes, yes. So, um... I promise we we are different people, we're not just...
0: (laughs) Yeah, the accent. It's not, it's not just one person and uh, putting on a, a great New Zealand accent and a crappy Australian <laughs> accent. We are actually different people. Um, we'll listen to some Hatsune Miki music, get us bright and uh, happy and in the mood, and then we'll get back and talk about the games that are coming out in August.
3: ね<笑> 君よ
0: Welcome back, hope you enjoyed the track. Okay, so the games of August after July was a little bit quiet, I guess, in terms of the game releases. Mind you, it did have stuff like Octopath to keep people busy. Uh, August looks like it's going to start picking things up again, and it's actually a pretty good month for releases, I think, overall. Uh, If we run through quickly some of the highlights uh, that are coming to playstation 4 first uh on august 7 overcooked 2 comes out and anybody who likes multiplayer should be looking forward to that one um overcooked is amazing uh, madden nfl 19 also comes out on the same day for sports fans then we've got we happy view comes out on august 10 which is exciting um phantom doctrine comes out on august 14 and that's basically james bond meets XCOM, which is all kinds of cool Uh, We've got Brawlouts, which is a Smash brothers style kind of game, but with indies that comes out on August 21. Guacamelee 2 also comes out on the same day, and that's a a game that people should be pretty excited for. That's a real darling of the indie space. Shenmue 1 and 2 pack comes out on August 21, and that's going to last you months all by itself. Um... If you're into F1, that comes out on August 24, this year's version. Fire Pro Wrestling World comes out on August 28. That's a series that's been going good, good. Gangbusters in Japan for many a year. People have been wanting one to come out west, and Spectrum soft is finally complying and bringing people one to play. So if you're interested, make sure you buy it and support it. Um, what else we got blade strangers comes out on august 28 which is perhaps the weirdest crossover fighter that we've ever seen that takes a whole bunch of characters from indie franchises and they mash up and stuff which will be pretty cool little dragons cafe comes out on august 28 that's the newest game from the guy that invented harvest moon and looks absolutely charming as you would expect and then right at the end of the month yakuza kiwami 2 comes out so just after you finish shin one and two you've got a yakuza game to play which is a busy month for sega indeed and yeah that's basically it oh if you're into if you're into basketball um nba 2k19 comes out on august 31 the least of american sports and now i'm going to get all kinds of hate mail for that um
2: matt are you
0: are you suggesting
2: that people are going to finish in movie 1 and 2 in a week. And the week between those come out and Yakuza comes out.
0: Well, these days, these games come out and somehow people manage to get a platinum within a day. Anyway, some people have an amazing capacity to time management and um, somehow complete 70-hour games in 24 hours. Um, Let's have a look at the Switch, and then I'll ask you which ones you're interested in, Matt's? Let's see. On the Switch, on August 2, 1979 Revolution Black Friday comes out, and that is an amazing um, point-and-click adventure, if you want, uh, about a pretty important moment in the history of the Middle East. So that's uh, that's a serious game, but it's a good one. Uh, Sultan's Sanctuary comes out on August 2 as well, a 2D Souls-like, and yeah, that's quite good fun, actually, uh, if you like your Dark Souls. Okami HD comes out on August 9 and you should have played this about 30 different times and every time it's come out and for some reason no one does but maybe just finally it'll be a commercial hit this time around Uh, Cosmic Star Heroine comes out on August 14 That's, um, that's a bit of a homage to JRPGs of old by a guy that specializes in that stuff and it's actually quite decent and well worth looking forward to And other than that, there's a lot of stuff that also comes out on PS4, like Little Dragon's Café and Blade Strangers, if you're into playing them portable instead. Right at the end of the month, there are two big releases. The first is Victor Vrayan Overkill Edition. That is a particularly good Diablo clone, actually, uh, one of the better ones. So given that the Switch doesn't have Diablo uh, in any version, uh, that one will... That one will fill the void of sorts and then monster hunter generations Alternate also comes out on august 28th which will be the first monster hunter on the switch which is good to see since i guess these days um nintendo and monster hunter have gone hand in hand so it'll be good for nintendo fans to have uh, a monster hunter game on their shiny newish console so with all of that which ones are you looking forward to the most, matt which are your key picks for august
2: Um, I am looking forward to 1979... I almost said Resolution. I've become too much of a gamer. Um, 1979 Revolution, um, which I haven't had a chance to play yet. But as you've said, it's a a very good game, but a very important piece of history. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. Um, And also something I don't know if you mentioned is... Dead Cells, um, which oh, yes. is like a Metroidvania kind of thing. There's going to be a few of those this month. Um, that has been in early access on PC for a while, and lots of people say it's very, very, very good. Um, and as a bonus, it's, let's support the developers who uh, have no bosses, and the entire team like makes a point of everyone being paid the same and having the same level of authority within the the developer yeah
0: that, which... that was a big bit of news i guess that came up this week there was an interview i think it was um and yeah. the developer came out and said their team if i think it's about 14 or so um they're, they're basically all paid the same whether they've been there for one year or 14 uh, and they all have an equal say in creative decisions that are kind of made within the game and nobody it's 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 kind of the ultimate of the flat structure that a lot of organizations talk about there are no bosses uh everybody works together and everybody enjoys the rewards equally which is a nice uh nice thought especially in the games industry where business models behind the scenes tend to be especially in terms of the way that they look after their employees tends to be controversial at the best of times so yeah it's it's worth um Probably worth supporting the developer on that basis. Unfortunately, it is a Metro, Metro Metroidvania, and those games are universally terrible. Um... You're just going <laughs> all in with the bad opinions today, Matt. I am. I am. Basketball is a terrible sport. Metrova- Metroidvanias are terrible games. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that genre, but yeah, I probably will support this one just to support the developer. And I have heard that it is actually a particularly good example of that genre anyway. So,
2: yeah. Um, I'm also looking, on that note, I'm also looking forward to Guacamelee 2, which is yes. another very good Metroidvania game with a really neat art style and surprisingly good combat in for a genre that is not really, that combat is never really like the main appeal. This was a game yeah, it's that...
0: almost, it's almost, it's broader, like isn't it? Um, yeah, as opposed yeah. to being a platformer um, with with enemies that you kind of shoot and move on. It's it's yeah, it's much more intricate in that. The combat system is pretty neat, which I think is what made it appealing to so many people. Uh, that plus it's amazingly distinctive art style.
2: Yeah. Um, what else? I'm looking forward to Shin the Shinmui collection because I've never played those games, and maybe I'll see what all the fuss is about. <laughs> um, yeah, I and... think it's going to be
0: an interesting one. It's going to be really interesting yeah. how people respond to that because, yeah, the Shenmue games are really great and uh, I think they're well worth looking forward to, but I think they're going to be much more niche than um, than people realize. I think, I think a lot of people are thinking, oh, you know, it's maybe early Yakuza or something <laughs> because it came from the similar place. But, yeah, these games aren't really like that at all. They're much more life sims, as I guess is the best way to put it. You just wander around, you do jobs, you get money, and, yeah, it's it's not quite the combat-heavy JRPG-structured uh, kind of experience that Yakuza are. So, yeah. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, it, it's really good. It's really great, but I, I'm I'm just looking forward to the inevitable bunch of people that never played it before. <laughs> up and then go what this is like a walking simulator in it and um yeah <laughs> there are going to be some that do that i think
2: yeah um what else? oh little dragon's cafe looks great blade strangers looks good
0: yeah blade um, strangers is just weird it's just so weird yeah like how it's... they actually managed to come up with the roster for that game is just because for people <laughs> who haven't been following you're looking at um you're looking at characters from the likes of Code of Princess fighting against Cave Story, fighting against what's that uh, platformer? Shovel Knight, binding oh, of Knight. Isaac. Yeah. Binding of Isaac. It's just it's just weird. Yeah. It's like a That's I mean just... obviously it obviously came from Nicholas's um, roster, uh, their their yeah. library. But Nikalos is a very eclectic mix of <laughs> games and genres and <laughs> characters. So the idea of actually sticking all these characters together is it's odd. Um, especially when it's not actually a Smash brothers like fighter. It's more like um, a, a traditional 2D arcade fighter. So, yeah, I have no idea how it's going to work. I think it's going to be great. I hope so. Look, that's good.
2: <laughs> and... Yeah, and, and
0: that's... I mean for people who want the more Smash Brothers style fighter, I really do recommend looking at Brawlout when it comes to PS4. Um, that one's been on the Switch for a while, but yeah, it's it's very Smash Brothers like in execution and design, and it has some it has some fun characters in it. It has uh, the guy from Guacamole, uh, and it has well, it's got the the PlayStation Four version will have ukulele in it as well. So it's got a couple of those kind of indie indie characters and yeah it's colorful it's bright it's very good fun in multiplayer Um, and speaking of multiplayer i have to again recommend overcooked because have you actually played one of those matt have you played the original overcooked
2: um i have not i don't have friends so i don't play multiplayer games
0: oh (laughs) no yeah it's not a great game in single player uh it's actually really quite bad (laughs) um (laughs) it's a game that's almost purely fun when you're playing with other people but if you do play with other people it is absolutely hilarious and uh yeah it's the sequel should be bigger and better and hopefully it's um hopefully it keeps the, the good fun going if they can add some kind of single player in there that would be good
2: oh I'll, I'll try and make some friends before overcooked 2 comes out <laughs>
0: all right and on that note we'll go to some music i've picked i've picked a track from East 8 because it has a good soundtrack and otherwise the game's not very good but the soundtrack's really good uh and we'll come back and we'll talk about we'll talk about something uh, very different we'll talk about gaming achievements Welcome back, everybody. So for the second section of the podcast, as I mentioned, I thought we'd talk about some of our highlights, some of our achievements that we've had in video games, things that we're particularly proud of because, yeah, if you play video games for long enough, uh, you'll find things that you found particularly challenging and or um, something that you really need to stick with for quite a while, and by the time you get to the end of it, you you notched that up as something that you're particularly proud of. So I'll start. Um, I think my greatest achievement in video games ever was actually managing to complete Persona 5. And, wow. Um, yeah, I know. Over 100 hours of going yeah. through that. And the, the last 30 or 40 hours was a absolutely dismal grind. Um, but and I am... now we know that Matt is 300 years old. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I'm, I'm joking, of course. Persona 5 was a bit of a grind, but it wasn't exactly an achievement to get through. it. I think the 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 best achievement or my favourite moment, I guess, in video games was when I completed my first Hatsune Miku Project Diva track on extreme difficulty. That was that was a moment. Um, did that with the the vita one so i the first the first satsune miku game i played was the first one that was released on the playstation vita which was what f yeah i think that was it wasn't it? project diva f um so i missed the the earlier ones on the psp and whatever and i hadn't had too much experience with the rhythm games before that i'd obvious i don't know why i just really wasn't kind of uh, that interested in the genre um but once I started playing the Miku one, I got really interested in it and yeah, it was it was a learning curve because the Miku games are pretty difficult if you haven't played one before. They especially for newcomers, they take a, a learning process. And yeah, actually I think it would have been at least at least a hundred hours of play before I was able to complete the first track on extreme difficulty. And that was a I was really proud of that. <laughs> I would have framed that and hung it on a wall if I could. Um, what about you, Matt? What would you say would be your greatest achievement?
2: Um, probably also finishing Persona 5. <laughs> I, too, I'm 300 years old. <laughs> but no, I think probably, I don't know if achievement is the right word, but in terms of just bull-headed kind of sticking through until something's done was probably finishing the PS2shinobi game on whatever its hardest difficulty setting was called. I can't remember. Um, and without getting into the never-ending argument about whether it's as good as the earlier shinobi games and don't, yeah don't want to wade into into that, but it was still a very hard game on PlayStation 2, and yeah, I think this was a time before um, the convenience of sleep modes in game consoles where you could just put the console to sleep and then, without having to turn it off and lose wherever you're up to, um, and before autosaves and convenient checkpoints and all that kind of stuff, so The final level of this game is probably about half an hour long, and then there's a boss fight at the end, which is the final boss. Obviously, if you... There are no checkpoints anywhere in the level, so any time you die, you have to start again right from the beginning. But if you make it to the boss, there's a checkpoint at the start of the boss fight, so you can get killed by the boss, and then restart at the beginning of the fight without having to start the whole level again. Again. However, you can't save there, so if you wanted to turn the game off and come back then you have to play the whole level again so, not wanting to do that because the level itself is really ridiculously hard I got to when I finally got to the boss, I just kept my PS2 on for about, probably about a week <laughs> so that every day I could just keep trying to fight the boss and fight the boss and fight the boss um. Until eventually, somehow, I don't even know how I beat it, and that was, and that was a relief and accomplishment. And the, the days before achievements were like a mechanic and console. So I don't, even, I don't have anything to show for it. I just <laughs> have to remember that I
0: did. Yeah, you would have got the platinum then, <laughs> if that was. Yeah today yeah that that would have been the platinum uh, the last the last gold trophy and then you would have got that that platinum trophy yeah um, um yeah, well I, I never actually played that game um i'm not the world's biggest fan of difficult platformer things so yeah i, I never passed that I, I kind of passed that one on um the closest i ever got to a, a shinobi style game i think i i did actually manage to finish um the original ninja gaiden um on the Vita, the Vita port of that. I actually managed to finish that on not the easiest difficulty. It wasn't the hardest difficulty, I don't think. But I think it was like the middle level one. And that was about as far as my gaming talents will ever take me. <laughs> well,
2: that's impressive. Because I, I think I finished that on the well, the, the Xbox version of it on the easiest, easiest difficulty. And that was about as much as I was
0: willing to take from that game. <laughs> yeah. That- it was a hard... That's a hard one. Even the easiest yeah. difficulty, even when they're doing the auto-block and stuff for you, it's still <laughs> a ridiculously hard game. Hey, they definitely turned that one on. Um. Yeah. It's funny how, like, a, a lot of the time the achievements, I, I guess, are tied to difficulty uh, in terms mm. of the stuff that we really remember. Um. I guess... Yeah. There's, there's still that old... Because that, I guess, kind of came through back in the original days of video games when they were made artificially hard so that you'd keep spending money in the arcade and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it seems to be that still people want to, in terms of the, the achievements that they remember from playing games, it's still the difficult experiences that they that yeah. really kind of seek out. Like, I know Dark Souls, for example, people like to set themselves <laughs> that goal of finishing the game without leveling up and stuff and that's that's a heck of an achievement but again it's tied to making the game more difficult uh it seems like there aren't too many cases of developers making the kind of a memorable uh achievement something that you you kind of remember that you've done uh, through through different means and I've always wondered if there's kind of alternatives there's other ways to make you feel like you've achieved something significant without it being tied to the game being hard can't think of anything um, off the top
2: of my head. Well, if I when I'm playing when I play Final Fantasy 14, if I type open the chat window and type slash play time, it tells me my, that I've achieved playing like a hundred days worth of game time. An <laughs> achievement. That's an achievement.
0: Yeah. Did you get Which anything for probably,
2: that? No. That's probably not
0: not not even, even close to what, my, what,
2: to what my to what my Time on World of Warcraft would have been over the years, but
0: yeah, that's true. Yes. I, I wonder if that's why a lot of games actually include those clocks now. Um, I think part of it is to tell you that you're getting good value for your monies by you look at the <laughs> clock and it says you've been playing for X number of hours. You're like, yep, okay, so this game was good value, as opposed to you know, if, if it finished an hour before, it would not be good value. But I think also part of the reason is you know, people. I guess if they really love a game, they like to feel like they've achieved something by spending a lot of time with it. Um, I know I've mentioned more than a couple of times that I would have spent, uh, I definitely have spent more than a 1,000 hours playing (coughs) Hatsune Miku (laughs) games over the years. So I guess that's a bit of achievement.
2: I, I guess I don't have any of my own stories to tell, but games like Minecraft and those sort of creative games would have... A, a different sense of achievement, just in terms of the creativity, the element of
0: yeah, absolutely, creativity and that's and probably, building something and
2: completing something.
0: Yeah, that's probably you're you're probably right. There's definitely, I, I imagine, an element element of that, and kind of all those survival games as well. Um, yeah, not that I play them or enjoy them that much, but certainly I can imagine people would take something from it. If they feel like, you know, they've done something particularly creative with the game or, or done that. Um, and I guess another achievement is people who break the game in some way, you know, they, they mm. find stuff in the code that was, you know, removed, um, for in time, of, you know, for the final release or whatever, <laughs> you know, those, kind, those kinds of people that break into the actual code of the game and, uh, yeah. see what the developers were doing with it. I guess that's a kind of achievement. It's not to do with playing the game itself, but it's certainly an example of people interacting with the game in a way that yeah. they probably feel like they've done something significant with.
2: And then that also feeds back into like speed running and all that kind of crazy achievements that people do. Whether yeah, it's just playing the game really fast or like figuring out exactly how to break the game so that if you go and play Super Mario 64 and find the exact right section of a wall and jump with perfect timing. You can like climb the wall and jump through, get through the ceiling and land on the final level and weird stuff like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think my favorite one, my favorite video of somebody playing with the game in that kind of way was a blind, blind guy actually played through uh, Ocarina of Time. Um, The, Zelda game and he had to do it by you know setting it up with a, a a hacked version of the game so he could just keep resetting his progress as he was going because obviously he was falling off cliffs and all that kind of stuff but yeah he got through it he actually managed oh, wow. to complete Ocarina of Time um and yeah I, I'm just imagining if I was trying to play that game um blindfolded or something yeah. how how amazing that achievement must have been so Wow! Yeah, it's great seeing those kinds of things. It's it's inspiring, that's for sure. Okay, so we'll go to some more music, I think. Uh, I would pick some music from Shenmue, since we're talking about that in the last section. It's actually got a really great soundtrack, and we'll come back and we will talk about a game that we hope a lot of people will be playing over the next week. welcome back everybody so for the final section of the podcast this week where we look at one game in isolation we're looking at one which uh is new if you i I guess missed the original release of it Uh, it's coda princess now this was a game that was released very early on in the 3ds's lifespan i think it might have even been one of the first digital only games that was released on the console and now we've got a hd remake of it available on the switch you might even be playing it by the time this podcast goes live so yeah uh, as somebody who's played both versions of it i've got things to say but matt you've only played the switch version what are your thoughts about it so far do you like it
2: um i've only played the first couple of levels i think so i haven't played enough really to have a concrete idea but i'm enjoying it so far um, it is an interesting game I'm sure you will have thoughts on the main character's costume <laughs>
0: yeah that's kind of As the lots
2: of people have, have, have thoughts on the main character's costume um,
0: <laughs> that's the reason to buy it that's where, it. for sure
2: <laughs> Yeah, who, who aren't familiar. it's just a very very fan servicey kind of you, you, if you think about the 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 chainmail bikini, as the people refer to it, taken to ridiculous extremes, that's basically
0: what yeah, you've it's got. like the impi yeah. version of the chainmail bikini. It's 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 designed <laughs> in in the way that it can absolutely minimise how much actual clothing there is, uh, and it's really quite uh, a spectacular effort, really. <laughs> In terms of design, because yeah, you wouldn't imagine that it'd be possible to use that little um, to cover stuff, but it does. Um, I like how the game makes jokes about it. It's it's very um, yeah, it's very self-aware about it all, and it's yeah, it's uh, it's quite amusing actually. Um,
2: yeah, I don't. Something about it is very weird to me, and I don't know. In a way that that kind of I'm not usually bothered by that. Kind of fan servicey stuff, um, and I think the the common argument of oh it's not practical is I, f- I think misses the point a lot of the time. But uh, something about the design of I can't even remember her name now. The main character, what's her
0: name? I just call her princess in my head. Princess. It Starts with S. It's yeah. Sol Solange. Thereabouts. That's right. But yeah. Um,
2: something like that. Yeah. It just doesn't. I, think does, part does, of it might, doesn't,
0: I was just going to say, I think it, part of it might be, it? be that, um, yeah, part of it might be that they're, she's the only fan servicey character in the game, um, kind of. Like All the other characters are dressed quite normally for a kind of a fantasy game, I guess. Um, with I wouldn't them.
2: say they're dressed normally. Well, <laughs> then, normally yeah,
0: the enough. other characters aren't
2: really. Aren't really they're not really fantasy.
0: So, yeah, I it kind of stands out that
2: she's the only one. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. So that, um, that might
0: be part of it. Uh, it. It does seem like she's a little bit tonally, her costume's a bit tonally odd compared to yeah. everything else that's going on around her. So, yeah, I get where you're coming from from that perspective, I guess, and I think that's probably... I think
2: there is. Was... So something also, I can't remember the exact context of it, but, like, one early cut scene where she's talking to her father about something or other, and then he... I, oh, this, I'm, I'm not going to talk about this because I can't remember the details, but then so he says some something weird, and it was just kind of like bordering on uncomfortable <laughs> in a way that these games usually aren't. But then you get characters like the weird zombie corpse girl
0: oh yeah it was just
2: brilliant so yeah <laughs> yeah
0: yeah Swings um, it, <laughs> it's a very it's a very anime game um through and through yeah the, the, the delivery the you know the style of the characters the actual delivery of dialogue and all of that kind of stuff it's very anime and um obviously that means it's not going to appeal to everybody out there and if the art of the cover doesn't give that away, then you'll know that within the first ten minutes of playing the game. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy it. I think it's, I think it's all done with enough humor that I don't take any of it seriously enough to be too focused on the story. I guess <laughs> um, it, it's all very light. It's all quite forgettable, like we've already, like as, as we've already discussed. <laughs> We can't even remember the name of the princess um it's definitely a very throwaway kind of story which is done in a very light spirit and it's it's good fun and it basically pushes you from one level to the next and obviously the point of the game is the the levels the combat and it's i find it to be a really good combat system um i didn't enjoy it too much on the 3ds from memory i don't know if it's changes they've made or just the fact that I'm finding it easier to see what's going on on the larger Switch screen or the high-definition graphics are making it easier for me. Uh, I know they've done some things to improve the game. Uh, I suspect that's probably part of it, but I'm finding it much easier and much more enjoyable on the Switch. To uh, I'm finding it much, uh, I'm getting better combo results and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's basically an RPG, but with a brawler combat system uh, or probably actually closer to say it's a fighting game combat system. Um, where each character has various combos and each character has a different fighting style and you need to kind of learn those button inputs to to get the most out of it. Uh, And it all plays out on a 2D combat plane. So, yeah, it's it's not a traditional JRPG by any means, um, but leveling up has an impact. You get equipment, which you can obviously use to improve your characters and stuff. And there are a lot of characters which you unlock as you play and some of which are for the story mode, uh, other ones are just for the bonus modes. But you actually can go through and play a whole bunch of levels with enemy characters as well. You unlock all of those and you end up with dozens and dozens of different characters, which uh, they all level up separately. So there's a lot in the game. Uh, there's a lot of different fighting styles. There's a lot of challenge. And yeah, it's it's a good game. <laughs> um, whether As long as you can either enjoy or put aside the, the fan service and the nonsense story, the combat and stuff is really enjoyable, I find, at least this time around. Which I know you probably only got the slightest taste for so far, having only played a couple of levels, Matt, but uh, did you find it easy to, to step into the, the combat system? Um, Not at first,
2: but that was mainly because I didn't realize that the tutorial was a separate mode, ah, right. And, yep. like, there's a you select the tutorial from the main menu and it kind of shows you how. And so, there were like things where I was pressing the button and, like, I don't know what this is doing. <laughs> the princess is just like making a weird doing some sort of like powering up thing, and what is the use of that? Um, but then, yes, when I actually did the tutorial, then it all made sense. Um, yeah, I don't usually like beat em ups that much of the style, but in I'm a bit quite bland and button mashy and all the things people accuse Dynasty Warriors of being. But <laughs> um in Code of Princess, it, it, there seems to be a lot more to it than just pressing buttons and watching things die, which is nice.
0: Yeah, and that's why I kind of said it's probably closer to a fighting game than a beat-em-up. I know people can call it basically either. I don't know what it's listed as is in media and whatever. I think it might be listed as a beat-em-up actually, but it is closer to a fighting game, I find. Not the most complex fighting game, but a fighting game nonetheless, just that you're taking on, you know, a half dozen enemies at once rather than one-on-one. Um But yeah, yeah. I would like to, I haven't had a chance to to test it out yet. Uh, I'd like to play the multiplayer mode, which is new, I believe. I can't remember it being on the previous version. Yeah. So there's a co-op mode now where you can actually work with somebody else to run through the levels. I think that'd be pretty neat. Um, Brawlers are always better, or fighting games are always better when you're playing with somebody else. I haven't had a chance to test that out yet, though. But I think it'd be pretty good, especially given that each character has such different style to their context, yeah. it'd be fun. fun to buddy up with somebody and, um, yeah, work through the weaknesses of the characters together.
2: It's listed as an action-adventure role-playing game. Well, okay, um... well,
0: it's not any of that, really. <laughs> 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 it, it's a... I, I don't know. If I was to describe it, I'd say it's a, it's a fighting it game with RPG element. Yeah. But, yeah, action-adventure doesn't really say anything. I mean, that's that's like saying it's Zelda. It's not really. Um, but, yeah, it's it's good fun. It's bright. It's colorful. And I'm glad it's on the Switch. Me and, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and on I'm that note, it. we'll... Um, <laughs> looking forward to your review. It's... Yeah, you've got a bit to go yet. It's... For a brawler, there's an awful lot to play through. Um... But on that note, we'll finish up for the week. Thanks very much for tuning in, everybody. Uh, We've got some music from Code of Princess to finish up because that is thematically appropriate to the section and we're very on the ball with these things. Uh, Enjoy, and we will be back next week with more stuff to talk about.